Well, next up in our series of interviews with the cabinet members for West Northamptonshire um, Council is uh, Councillor Rebecca Breeze, who is the cabinet member for strategic planning, built environment and rural affairs. Um, Rebecca, welcome to the show. Um, it's nearly Christmas. Is this a busy time for you or is it sort of time to start unwinding? Good morning, Adrian. It's uh, an incredibly busy time for me. Um, we, as you may know, are trying to develop a local plan and all our policies are starting to be developed and uh, uh, enhanced. And uh, there's there's no slowdown for Christmas. It's it's absolutely flat out in my in my portfolio. And and um, yeah, there's no forgiving, is there, in terms of emails coming in and all sorts of things to address. So, cabinet member for strategic planning, built environment, and rural affairs. So, strategic planning is that's for the council or for the West Northampton sort of area. A strategic well, planning is is West Northampton's area, and it's it's what we understand as planning applications. So, whether it's for you know, residential or employment use, it's the planning applications that come in around uh, the unitary area of West Northampton. Uh, and get decided by the council. Okay, and that then obviously relates to buildings as well as uh, not highways, though. No, in the infrastructure. But, um, to a certain extent, um, the, the big highways are, are generally um, highways England, but we do have we do get planning applications for smaller roads. Uh, you know, the Sandy Lane area um, north of Northampton. So there there are some smaller highways, but the bigger highways sit with national um, national highways. Okay, well, before we take a closer look at some of those issues, uh, how long have you been a councillor? Uh, 20 years. I started in 2003. Goodness, and how and why did you get into it? Uh, well, like so many people, it was a, a local planning application that somebody contacted me about that had a an officer recommendation for approval that was upsetting, uh, um, causing a, a bit of consternation locally. Uh, I was approached... Um, by someone and asked if I knew about it. It was coming to committee in a week. So like many people, I was thrown into the situation. I had to do some research. And then I found I had to speak in front of the planning committee, which, planning committee, which I had not, sort of thing I had never done. I had no background in planning. Uh, I hadn't spoken, I think, in public since debating um, clubs at school. Uh, but I did it. I stood up in front of the planning committee uh, got an over officer overturn, so the application was refused. And about six, eight weeks later, I was approached by uh, uh, members of the community who asked me if I'd be interested. It was something I'd never thought of doing, really? but I did. So I stood the following May and found myself a local councillor. And after that, got involved in the planning committee and eventually portfolio holder for planning. So, so th this is your area. What was your career up to that point then? Are there any particular, you know, were you, was your career going in a different direction? Were, was it family responsibilities that you had? I was, uh, I had three young children. My youngest was, I think, four. Um, so it was a four to ten age group. So very much um, a mum uh, with three busy boys. And and actually it was worked perfectly for me so but no 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 career in, in local government or um that area um at all so i'd, I'd come from a, a background of doing um a business support um mm. a few years before okay and are you a parish councillor or any other council or just on west north hands now no no i'm, I'm a um just a councillor for west north hands 
Um, I do attend a lot of parish council meetings and are involved in parish council activities, but no, I'm not a, a parish councillor for any other council. And which ward are you, were you elected from? Middleton Cheney, which is the most southerly. So we are really everywhere south of the A422 that runs between Brackley and Banbury. And we're bordered very much by Oxfordshire and Buckinghamshire. So we do feel a bit you know, right at the at the periphery. So we're, it's being a constant voice for services down here, which look as much to Oxfordshire for delivery as uh, West Northamptonshire. So in the, you know, the health and well-being areas. Mm. So pr prior to the unitary reorganize, uh, local government reorganisation, then you were a councillor for which authority? South North Hants. Yeah, and, and briefly, I I just joined uh, Northamptonshire Council when uh, all the issues and version was sort of part of that group that were fighting to get it back on track. Okay. And uh, how do you feel about the change to unitary? Something you originally supported? You're happy with the way it's going? Uh, I, I think the timing was, um, uh, with COVID, was, was very, very difficult. Mm. We were being uh, merged as uh, eight councils down to two in a time when really it was just dealing with COVID. So so attentions were split. It was it was very, very difficult. No, I wasn't um, a fan of it to start with. I thought it was going to be very difficult. It's um, a rural area combined with a very urban area. Uh, but I, I think we're getting traction now and things are starting to settle down. So, Well, that's um, very much good to hear indeed. Now, how much of your sort of week is devoted to council affairs? Do you have anything else that you're doing currently, a uh, sort of business or or... Um, career because many of the councillors do have you know a, a duality to their life which means they're in the real world as well as in the political world so to speak uh, absolutely i am a um, advisor with citizens advice and have been for about 10 years uh so i'm a, a specialist advisor in benefits for citizens advice and uh i do a lot of work um locally in in that sort of area so mm -hmm. i have a, a quite a large uh casework profile as well and we have a, fa a family business that invests in sort of clean tech technologies as well. So oh. I've got with that. Very interesting. So life is busy. Um, and but council work is probably three to four days full time a week. And apart from my CAB clients, which are booked in, uh, I can adjust my life around council work. Very good. So this is strategic planning, build environment, rural affairs. What are the sort of key issues that you uh, face or, or that you get most, I guess, a reaction from the local citizens? Uh, land use. So uh, it varies. So from um, very much, uh, if a, you know, there's a local smaller a planning issue that comes up, which might be you know, the siting of a bungalow in a village, causing very much local upset to how the, the big um, employment sites um evolve over time so you know there's that evolution from allocating a site and a local plan to what eventually comes forward mm. uh, and you know how developers can um see an opportunity and take advantage and run with it and how we as a council deal with it um so there, are, at, at any time there are lots of sort of bubbling issues dealing with the local plans that we have at the moment and the local plans that we're trying to develop 
for the next iteration of the sort of strategic planning side. Mm. Uh, is, are the planning authorities now all unified into one? Because it was it's not something yeah. that was a devolved to all the individual uh, boroughs beforehand, but now it's it's brought back into one route. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So the it's actually four uh, local planning authorities have now merged into one um, that does does the whole lot. Mm. Um, and, that, and that's that's been that's been very very challenging for the last couple of years because of COVID uh, and the work that had to go on. There was very well, there was almost no attention paid to planning prior to becoming a unitary, just because there was so much else that had to be done, uh, and so it was sort of all crashed together in two thousand and one. And it's taken a while to bring all our processes together get the officers gelling as one, get the communities and the parish councils sort of buying into what we're trying to do. But I, th mm. I do think we are getting there. Very good. So in terms of strategic planning then, I mean, the the work you're doing, uh, I guess, zoning or whole areas, um, you know, it's from, from the first creation of the idea to delivery can be anything, what, five, seven, ten years, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, developing a local plan seems incredibly slow. It takes three to four years. Um, but that's, as you say, it goes from you know, calling for sites. So you ask the public what sites they have available that they might like to contribute to the mix. You've got to analyze those sites and um, decide which are the most suitable. You've got to go out to consultation with the, the public to see their views. You then have to develop policies around it. You then have to go back to consultation again, an enormous amount of consultation required with the public. Uh, and, and in fact, a good example of that is the uh, consultation we did at the end of 2021 when mm. we, got, we got over 3,000 responses and as a result of that we completely rejigged how we were looking at our local plan so we brought the the uh, local plan period forward so it was shorter which you know, adjusted how all the allocations and you know, the need for sites and the evidence base changed mm. so it must be... takes a very long time you must be very patient or, you know, on that road, surely there must be lots of frustration because for me, once I have the idea, that's it. I just assume, oh, well, of course, it's it's done, but uh, there's so much more and project management. So, you know, do you think you have particular skill sets then? I mean, you've talked about uh, advocacy and how you got into uh, local politics, but, you know, are there particular skill sets that you need to be able to manage these projects or oversee them over such a long period of time? Uh, yes, there probably are. You, you need patience. You need to have the vision as to what you want to achieve. Uh, you need to be able to bring people with you. Uh, you need to be able to engage with the public from all walks of life. Uh, you need to understand how planning works and how, how it fits locally within a, a central government framework. Um, you know, you know, you need to know how to manage people and how to particularly how, how to work with and engage with officers in the public. Which directorate do you oversee and, and who is the uh, director and how, how many people would be sort of within his team working on this roughly? Uh, or her team? If, so the directorate I, I would work with is, is called, I guess, the, the planning department. And that sits within place because it's all about the, you know, our environment and where we live. And that sits with Stuart Timmis, who's our, our director. Okay. But he, he also deals with highways and all sorts of other issues. But this, the, his assistant director for planning is uh, Steph Gibray, who joined us uh, early this year and has is doing a really terrific job in transforming our planning department. 
Fantastic. Uh, the planning advisory service review at the end of last year. And he would have what? Uh, reporting to him 20, 30 people or is it bigger than that? Uh, the planning department is about uh, just over 100 in total. Yeah. Wow. So it's a big, that includes all the planning officers, the policy officers. We have a um, an area specializing in ecology and conservation uh, enforcement, uh, major projects, um, sort of householder projects. It's a big team mm. and, and technical support as well. So well, it's no, a very team. An awful lot to cover. So let's just you know try to um, to see the, some of the big things. I drive. I live in in Great Billings sort of area. I'm going out to Kettering quite, that way quite a lot. So around the new Aldi, as you come in on the edge of Moulton, there there's a massive big development. I assume that the roads will suddenly be dueled, etc. Where are those hotspots of of growth? Because we hear nationally there's a shortage of housing. I see an awful lot of new housing. You know where would you say are the three or four um, areas that are this is where we're expanding Northampton and its boundaries are clearly expanding no well there are the two areas they're the areas that have already got their their sort of their their site allocation so you're absolutely right so Moulton uh Barton um around Toaster's taking a lot of housing uh the Sioux to the south west of Northampton so around Harpole uh, the Norwood mm. Farm, uh, those are already allocated sites and the sites that have an outlined permission or are recognised in our existing plan. Mm. Uh, going forward, those sites haven't been agreed, so I couldn't tell you now where the site allocations are because that hasn't been agreed, that hasn't been settled. Uh, that's the work in progress at the moment. But there's also um, a lot of pressure on employment because we're in the centre of the country, so we're very uh, attractive to the big logistics um, companies. Mm. Uh, they're very, very controversial because you see that the huge sheds going up. Yeah. Uh, you think, well, are they better centralised or dispersed or along the major uh, transport routes? There are, there are a lot of hotspots. Mm. In terms of when you're, you know, which comes first, the chicken or egg, right? Do, do, does the national highways decide this is where all the roads are going and then we fill in the gaps? Or do we say this is the plan for all of the development and then the highways come in and say, right, we'll build these roads and put this infrastructure in? Well, hopefully it's the latter. Hopefully it's <laughs> we decide where where the best places are. And then we have to look at, well, actually, generally, government aren't terribly good at funding um, just Magicking up the money, we have to think, if we put building and development here, what's the infrastructure we need to support it? How are we going to fund it? And that funding generally has to come from the development with some support, uh, if you're successful, from central government. Mm. So it's usually that way around, um, rather than um, government telling you where the roads are going. Okay, so you obviously have a big budget with 100 people or whatever uh, as part of just the assistant director's role you oversee. And I would imagine you have to be pretty good at the numbers then because you're constantly putting in applications for central government to fund different areas, I assume. Is that is that a big part uh, of the finance or do you work closely with? No, no, that's that's not quite quite the way it works. The, the planning department is funded by planning applications. Mm -hmm. So if you're a householder, you're putting in a, an application that will be three four hundred pounds maybe uh for a, a an extension or whatever it is you, you know you 
you wish to do, if you're a developer putting in uh, an application for uh, a warehouse, then you're looking more like at the tens of thousands. Mm. So planning department is largely self-funded from uh, applications that, that come in. In terms of funding for roads and so on, that sits with a um, with, with highways uh, in a in a different portfolio. But there's a lot of a lot of crossover and um, working together to achieve what we need to. Okay, and do you have to work closely with North Northamptonshire uh, Authority as well? There's a duty to cooperate in terms of developing plans. So, uh, in terms of that, yes. Um, if there are issues that are sort of cross-border or uh, issues on the boundary, we do consult with other authorities. So whether it's North North Northamptonshire, which um, you know, residents in Northampton will be aware of, or down here in the south of the the area, uh, Chowell, mm. and occasionally Oxfordshire, if it's if it's highways issues. So and those are those are easy relationships. I mean, are, are you know are they conflicting interests? So it's, it's not easy to sort of you know a big lot of discussion goes on and takes I'm sure a lot of your time to get to a consensus. Uh I think the relationships are pretty straight, straightforward. We have, we have a very good relationship with with Chirwell and Oxfordshire, uh, with North Northamptonshire when we need to engage with them on planning. There, there haven't been any particular issues. No, it's um deciding what's best for the citizenship and i don't think there's a, a huge amount of competition in that regard mm. uh it's a you know, achieving the best outcome which actually generally means we're both pushing in the same direction well that's uh, that's reassuring so what you know keeps you awake at night or what do people stop you when they they know you're a councillor stop you in the street or the supermarket and and uh, want to rant and rave about uh <laughs> developments on the edges of villages um, <laughs> next, next to their house, <laughs> not in my backyard, right? <laughs> there is, there is an element of that, or not in my village, or not in my town, um, or not, not next door to me, please. Yeah. Uh, I when I when I became involved in planning, I was very much your king of you know, castle of your own domain, and whatever you should be able to do, you should be able to do. And I have to say that since being involved in planning, that's I've had a 180 degree turnaround and I now see absolutely how important planning is because it affects so many other people, not just the applicants. And you have to manage those expectations. And it's a it's a really difficult tightrope at times um, and interesting. So it's uh, most people are exercised about what's going on in their community, actually, or what, what's going on within five, 10 miles of their their homes and how it's going to affect them. And and actually down here, HS2 and the impact of HS2 is a very, very um, hot topic. Mm. Uh, as you drive around, you can see the impact with roads being closed, making access difficult. The the building work going through the landscape is, is quite astonishing. Mm. Um, you know, the loss of trees, it's a very big, big issue. Yeah, no, certainly going down towards the back, you know, the, the rural roads towards Milton Keynes, I see all that. I mean, is this all now on hold or, or stopped as a result of recent policy decisions? Well, HS2. Mm. Oh, no, no, HS2 is um, between London and Birmingham is, is absolutely galloping along. It's just the northern section of HS2, which has been cancelled. Uh, there is a great desire to see HS2 between Birmingham and London put to sleep yeah um, delivered i have to no, say no 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 i think i think the, the the costs are escalating so exponentially that there is a thought that if you just put it to sleep now yeah. 
Oh, it might, might cost a few billion to do that to achieve to wind everything down and mm. and just leave it, but to keep going to deliver you know ten trains an hour carrying two hundred people up between Birmingham and London, yeah. when the original aim was to um, extend it north, is just a very 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 expensive exercise. No, it certainly is. I must be honest. Having gone on the train recently and. Um you know for 10 minutes saving on the time or whatever it would take the the, the connection on the internet is appalling on the trains and if mm -hmm. we just if we just made it that you could work so for those 10 minutes i can sit and i can work without interruption or make calls without going through a tunnel i have been in the channel tunnel driving back on the train and i had a i had one of these interviews years ago underground in the middle of the channel so why i can't get from here to london a consistent line so you know one does wonder whether it might have been better to put all the money into the telecoms communication so we can work effectively on the train but anyway that's a well, whole eight, different debate 80 billion on all the uh, railway lines around the uk mm. have made such a difference mm. to so many people but at moment it's continuing so yeah, yeah. so well <laughs> no no i mean and we you know when you think that um our planning as you've described earlier on the the steps you have to go through and of course I, i've been backwards of course to china many years in the last few years you know while we've been humming and hawing about hs2 they've built about three thousand miles of high-speed trains but that's obviously a very different <laughs> yeah, very uh, different absolutely. political <laughs> scenario right there's no ifs and buts just just kind of do it so you you know i bet there are times when you wish that you had that uh, power and influence now to be able to say just get on and do it but anyway um we won't go there <laughs> How how do you relax? How do you switch off from um, this busy life? Uh, I have a beautiful garden that I've developed over the last 30 years. Um, I love classical music. So if um, if I need to think about something completely different, I'll put on some Handel or uh, some Mozart or Chopin. Um, uh, I, I'm, I knit, I cook. Uh, I've got a sort of burgeoning family, so there's lots and lots of uh, of distractions that um, that I can get on with, or I, or I just do some other work, or I do some CAB work. There's keep yeah. my brain occupied. <laughs> that sure. that keeps me keeps me going. Very good indeed. So well, it's been a great uh, pleasure to talk to you, Rebecca. Get an insight into your particular part of the um, of the council's work. Um, I, I think just before we finish, it would be remiss not just to ask you uh, comment any comments or thoughts on the state of national politics. Clearly, we're uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of issues that to, to address COVID. Uh, you know, post Brexit, the the wars around the world. But in terms of um, the next year, probably an election. Um, does this impact on you? Is this going to have uh, potentially big changes for you? And yes, any any thoughts or comments? Because you're part of a conservative administration in the county. We have a national conservative administration. Any closing thoughts? Uh, it, it, well, it's always difficult, actually. When I when I think back to the time I've been in the UK, there's always been a big issue. There's it's always it's always interesting. It's um, there's always uncertainty. Uh, I think the impact of, of social media just means that now so many more people are engaged. Uh, uh, and we think times are difficult now, but we look back over the last five, 10 years um, with Middle Eastern politics, American politics, European politics. It's tricky, but I don't think that's ever going to change. 
Mm. Um, so it's going to be an interesting year. I hope the Conservatives you know, get themselves together. Uh, the thought of a, a, a Labour government fills fills me with a certain element of dread, but I, I live in hope that if that's what we end up with, it will, um, in four or five years, Conservatives will, will get back together and, and re-emerge powerful and united and that's what keeps me going so i'm <laughs> very, very positive about this country i'm from Zealand. i think this is a fantastic country and there's so much there's so much ingenuity and opportunity and um great citizens yeah well it's a very interesting um political scenario isn't it and uh, you're trying to get unity and the right and the left and the center and i do wonder why I think you used the word before we came on air about polarized. You know, surely most people are more or less in the center, isn't that? Shouldn't that be where the uh, the battleground is? But yes, yeah. the Conservative yeah. Party is a broad church, just like the Labour Party. So let's see what happens. Rebecca, many thanks indeed. Um, great pleasure, as I say. Councillor Rebecca Breeze, Cabinet Member for Strategic Planning, Built Environment and uh, Rural Affairs. Great to hear from you. Keep safe, keep well, uh, keep up the great work and Merry Christmas. <laughs>